Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of Z-Doctor Movie. That's right. The show that's done in my car. If it likes it or not, it's being done. Uh, coming back to do the, uh, the third movie in the Animal Trilogy by Dario Argento. As we keep rolling into our Giallo January. And uh, this one kind of closes out uh, a certain time period uh, for Dario as far as the style of the movies that he's making. Uh, and this one is really the next step for him. You can see a lot of the uh, a lot of the photography tricks and stuff that he's going to carry with him from, from this point on. It become his trademarks. And they're really, really starting to get developed in this movie, which is Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Another name of a movie that can kind of make you go, yeah, I don't know, right? Um, which, I get the Four Flies part. I'm still not sure on the, the Grey Velvet after all these years. I'm not sure what factor that is and why it's in the name. But anyways, it's a cool movie. Um, you've got another case here where we're taking an American actor bringing them in and uh, making it more internationally acceptable. A lot more English in this one as far as uh, actors speaking. Um, the version I watched had some scenes that were originally cut out and placed back in, which if you are Argento fans, you know that there's many variations of his movies where they go back and put lost footage or cut footage and put them back in and they're the, in the original language, which is always Italian. So, that can kind of throw you for a loop when you're watching these, because one minute they're speaking English, and then all of a sudden they're speaking Italian. And in this case, when they're speaking Italian, the, the mouths don't match up on the Italian, because they're not speaking Italian, they're speaking English. So that's kind of a weird twist when you're looking at this. In most cases, it's the other way around, right? So, uh, but uh, not a lot of big-name people to really bring up here. You got Michael Brandon, who... Did a lot of stuff a little later on. Uh, a lot of kids shows, believe it or not. And uh, you got Mimsy Farmer in this. Um, again, not a lot to talk about as far as other stuff that they were in. Besides them being in this movie. And the cool thing about this, let's see. Let's see if we can get us a synopsis here. It says, a musician is stalked by an unknown homicidal maniac who blackmails him for the accidental killing of another stalker. Yeah, that's, there's your interesting twist in all of this. Um, our main character, Roberto Tobias, is a musician. Matter of fact, he's a drummer. And uh, when this movie starts off, you're, again, you're starting to see the brilliance of Argento as far as the shots that he's wanting to put together. Um even the next movie, Deep Red, which I can't wait to talk about, even starts off kind of the same matter where there's a band playing, right? Musicians are playing. And there's this cool shot where the band's playing in this sh in this movie. And uh, there's a shot that's through a hole. You know, you can tell it's just a circle. But what it is, it's the inside of, a, of an acoustic guitar. And you're seeing the band through that. And at first, it's just a circle. But then he does a... A focus, and you can see the the strings in front of the hole, 
and then somebody starts strumming the strings. It's a really, really cool shot. And uh, again, you're starting to, to realize some of the visionary stuff that, that Argento comes up with. And uh, like I said, this, this really starts capturing those things that he's known for. They're these long shots of uh, architecture, um, long hallways, slow-moving, you know, uh, trolley shots, and, and he's really starting to develop all of this, and it really comes together in this movie fantastically. And uh, so, yeah, our, our main character's a drummer. He's getting through with a recording session, goes outside, and keeps noticing there's this person that's following him around. And it's your typical giallo-looking person, right? Uh, a hat, sunglasses, big overcoat. And so he ends up chasing this person down because he's like, you've been following me for all this time. I want to know what's going on. And chases him into this old rundown theater, which is another Argento thing. Big, empty. It's in pretty rough shape. But it's still beautiful at the same time. And this guy that he's chasing that he wants information on why he's following him around pulls out a switchblade on him and they get in a little scuffle and then all of a sudden the guy that's been following Roberto around is stabbed and Roberto is standing there with the knife in his hand and all of a sudden he starts hearing a clicking and these big spotlights come on way up in, in the the part where you know all your uh, lights and everything are running from like a sound booth kind of deal way back in the back and then when those lights come on you see a figure standing there with a mask on it's kind of a kind of a goofy but scary face rubber mask and it's just snapping pictures of him standing there with the knife and the guy that's been stabbed who falls off into the orchestral pit and at this point uh roberto is at odds, right? Because now he's accidentally killed somebody that's been following him around and has no reason why this is going on. And that's your setup for the flick. He goes back home. He's talking to his wife. Uh, I don't really want to talk about what's happened, but eventually he finally tells her and says, look, somebody's trying to blackmail me because, you know, this happened. I accidentally killed a person. And in the house, these things start popping up, right? So, like, the passport of the guy that he stabbed ends up just being in his record collection. So, somebody is planning this stuff. So, it's obviously somebody close to him, right? Somebody that comes in his house or comes in and out and has no issue with getting in. And it just really builds from there. you got some extra characters that are friends that come and hang out all the time. This is 1972, so this is also when... Big, uh, big natural curly hair and big porn mustaches come into play, right? Because there's a buddy of his that's, uh, believe it or not, I believe he's an investigator, works for a newspaper or whatever, a reporter. And uh, so he, he kind of pulls a switch on you here, right? And this person's not really that involved. But uh, while this big party's going on at his house, that's when he finds this, this stuff laying around his house that is obviously pointing out that you are being blackmailed for, you know, what's being done. And he goes to find a friend of his named Godfrey, which he just calls God. And uh, this guy knows people, right? He's got connections that can help him out. 
who to talk to, who not, who not to talk to, who to get to investigate this, who to get to investigate that. So he lines him up with all these people and gets him an investigator to, to work with him. And as you can imagine, everything he tries falls short. Um, the investigator ends up getting knocked off. And again, these are so hard to talk about and not give something. I'm having to think about everything I say before I say it because I'm so afraid of releasing something. But there is this one thing that's reoccurring throughout the whole movie, and it's this shot of when, whenever Roberto's laying down and going to sleep, he has this dream, almost a nightmare. And it's of this guy being beheaded because of some crime he did uh, in some, some courtyard, obviously in some foreign country. But uh, And what it is is his buddy with the, the porn mustaches, no, it's another guy that's there, is telling the story of what he witnessed while he was over in this country and how they just handle criminals and all that kind of stuff. So this lays heavy in his mind because, you know, he's accidentally killed somebody and paying for the crime, and this is what he visualizes as what's going to happen. So it, it really, you know, does a, a psyche number on him. There's also extra people that have, like, come to stay and live there. Well, the wife is getting scared. She comes from a, a rich background, and she's getting worried that things are getting too close. So she decides she's not going to live there. She's going to go stay at who knows where, another location that would be more safe. Roberto decides that he needs to stay and fight for himself to clear his name, being it was an accident. So all these things start happening. Uh, there's also an introduction of something that Argento uses from time to time too. He, he, he interjects a little humor in some of this. There's some. Uh, there's a, a character in this that works for Godfrey that uh, is just comic relief. It's all he is, but it's done so well. It just it just works. And uh, this is something he'll re that Argento will re revisit in some of his other films. Even even Deep Red coming up, you'll see these elements in that. Uh, the big thing about this movie, this is uh, the big takeaway, is when it's all said and done, the, uh, the serial killer is coming to kill Roberto. Roberto rigs up to where he can uh, turn the lights on while not being at the light switch. So that way he can kind of hide. That way when this person comes in, he can throw the lights on, catch him by surprise, and he can see who it is and all this kind of stuff, right? It's as far as I'm going to give you on that. But when all this happens, the serial killer runs away and jumps in a car and takes off down the road and is not paying attention to what's going on because they're trying to get away. And when they do, they run into the back of a delivery truck. And if you've seen Death Proof... You know, they talk about the scene where the wreck and the tire comes through the car and it's all in slow-mo. 100% taken from this movie, right? So we talk about the influence of these flicks. And this one, no doubt, the, the ending shot is what Argento is known for, is, is setting up these iconic scenes that you'll never forget. And uh, they just get duplicated and we see them time and time again by somebody else. So I love the idea of diving into this and finding out where it originally came from, right? And that's a big part of this movie. Oh, the explanation of the name. 
There is a, another person that gets involved that ends up getting knocked off. And in order to see what happened, these scientists, I'm gathering, or doctors, say, hey, there's this new way that we can capture information. And it's literally taking the deceased person's eyeballs out and they can scan the retina and they say whatever the last per the last thing that this person saw when they were dying is still captured on their retina for so many hours I can't remember what they said 24 hours 48 hours not very long really uh, so you know you've got this developed scene where somebody's been brutally killed and they uh, take the eyeballs out put them up on this little stand and they're shooting like lasers into it and seeing what the picture reveals and what it reveals is it looks like four flies like on a piece of paper so maybe that's where the I don't know why the gray velvet again but anyways that's what it reveals and so there's more to add to the mystery of what's happening in this flick and it's pretty dang brilliant to, uh, to tie that together into what actually happens in the movie because it kind of comes out of left field, right? The clock is ticking. It's almost kind of over when all this is developed. And uh, and that's another thing I love about the Argento flicks in, in, in perspective is uh, just like with the car crash scene. As soon as the car crash is over, credits roll. There's no breakdown of the scene. There's no reaction. The car is exploding and it stops exploding in the credits roll. <laughs> That's what I love about these flicks, right? Uh, and this becomes a trademark of his. You you kind of see this from here on out. The endings of these movies are never drawn out. Kind of like I said with Dress to Kill, you know, at the end of it, you get a big explanation. And they're sitting down and talking about what happened and how it happened and all that stuff, whereas here, it all happens in real time. You find out what's going on. They take off. They get in the car. They crash. End. I mean, there's not a, not even anybody there. But I don't want to give any more away because that's what's really brilliant about this film. But this is definitely Argento really stepping up his game, which leads to the next movie, which I think is the perfect Giallo. It's my favorite Argento film, period. Uh, I argue about Torso being my favorite giallo, but these two, Deep Red and, and, and Torso, I think are the greatest by far. But this one is really good that we're talking about today. So, Four Flies and Grey Velvet. The only problem with this one is it's not on Tubi. So you'll probably have to hunt this one down, which makes it a little more difficult. But I cannot go through and talk about Argento and not bring this one up. So, uh... I'm telling you, it's worth it. You may be able to find it on YouTube. It may be overdubbed. I don't know. Uh, but maybe a little hard to find, but it's worth it. This one is worth owning for sure. Uh, all, all of his are, really. But uh, this is a good one. Hope you check it out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the show. I mean, if you're liking it, if you want me to do something different, tell me kind of what's working, what's not working. Uh, I'm just having a blast. I love cranking these little quick episodes out, and uh, it's uh, it's satisfying. And I just I love talking about these flicks, and uh, I don't want to 
gravel on a little too much about them. I, I just I want to get it out there that that's why these movies are important. So there you go, folks. Enjoy Four Flies, Gray Velvet, 1971, Dario Argento. I give this a four out of five, so it's highly rated. Go check it out. All right, folks, till then, we will check you later. <laughs>